The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger. And uh, we're here to uh, actually to revisit an issue that we spoke about and talked about uh, on our last episode. But before we get to that, uh, what we're trying to do in this new season is maybe get some likes and dislikes going here. So, Roger, I don't know. You want to choose. You can give a like or a dislike first, but know that you're going to give the other one, too. So what you like this week? What you dislike this week? Should I start with negative and then go positive? You tend to be a negative. I mean, uh, it's up to you, <laughs> uh, my friend. <laughs> we can start opposite this time. So I'll start with that I dislike. Okay. I dislike when people uh, uh, make comments or put things on social media or even news articles, and they don't do their homework, and they try to um, uh, generalize something that isn't correct. And when you know it's not correct, it's just like, Ah, I wish they would understand that's not Are you, are you going to give true. us an example no, of that? No, I'm not going Come to. on. You're going to tweet it out later? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> is it going to be a For generalization? My... Or yeah. gonna... <laughs> I generally don't like <laughs> when everybody. <laughs> oh, I have some that I'm thinking about, but I hear you. Yeah. 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 What about what do you like then? Well, the same thing. I probably always like books. No, I've been reading a lot of good books lately. And I just, I love books. And just like new authors, new writings that are coming out, finding Kindle deals where I can just one click and just put stuff on my bookshelf that I know I'm going to read later mm -hmm. uh, eventually. So, Any particular book right now that's kind of on your mind or that you've been reading? Or? I've been reading two books. Uh, Paul Tripp uh, wrote a new book on theology and why theological truths matter and how to take these great theological truths truth and make them practical. So he usually deals with counseling topics, as mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. a biblical counselor, but he wants to, or he took a step back and said, let's look at these great theological truths we believe in, mm -hmm. and how do we live that out and think about it in our day-to-day -day normal, ordinary life? Um, and then I picked up another book on covenant theology oh. uh, by, Ref I think it was RTS Seminary. Um, the big, thick one? I don't know. It's on Kindle. I don't know how big it is. So. Oh, is it is it a bunch of different authors? Yeah, and I don't know who they are, so I haven't heard their names before. Um, okay, so what I'm thinking of it's it's many many authors. Yeah. Um, and and each taking a chapter. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah. I don't know when it came out. I just saw it on Kindle, and I'm like, oh, I should pick this up, and mm -hmm. and I've enjoyed it so far. Nice. So. I have the hard copy. Maybe we need to read it at the same time and discuss yeah, on our next step. Okay. Well, let's think about that. Uh, I'm glad turn. you said books that you like because this time I, I had a little more spiritual likes and dislikes. So <laughs> this, <laughs> I also like books, as you it's know, great. and uh, the, the, I, I'm reading two currently that have been uh, quite interesting. And uh, one is called, I believe it's called Embodied by Greg Allison. Okay. Uh, he's a, I think he's yep. a church historian, really. Um, yep. And a really interesting uh, work on just kind of the, the, importance of the body and how that, uh, you know, 
how we often neglect that and don't think about it. You know, we, we spiritualize everything, mm. but the body is very important. And so he's doing kind of a theology of the body and okay. uh, so far so good. Very interesting. I've read a few like that. And this one's by far, at least thus far, <laughs> the best. The other ones I was pretty disappointed in, but I won't mention those. Okay, okay Roger. Tweet yeah, later too. The other one, I'll, I'll tweet them for sure <laughs> anonymously. Um, my, my The other one I've been reading is by um, Uche Anazor. He came out with a new book on overcoming apathy. And uh, Roger and I, we were talking about this off the air, that some of the guys around us have talked about this battle with apathy. And so when I saw the title, I picked it up. And again, I'm, I'm about a third of the way through and so far so good on kind of diagnosing our issues and why uh, we as believers even run into this problem of, of apathy. And he's defining it now, at least in the part that I'm reading and fascinating so far, so good. And I'm looking forward to, he's a, I've, I've met him. He's a good friend of our, our good friend, Adam day. Uh, he's a good friend of his and a uh, really nice guy. He seems to be just a solid young mm-hmm. theologian. So grateful for him and his work too. What do I dislike? Uh, dislike that, um, Man, around the world, there's so much not good stuff going on. And uh, one of the uh, pastors that we pray with uh, in in the valley here is a a young uh, Chinese pastor. And he was talking about parents of uh, a parishioner in his church and then also his parents who are both back home in China, locked up, Mm -hmm. stuck in their homes, um, unable to get out because of the lockdowns that they're doing yep. and and it's just different it just made me think about so i dislike that obviously just for what it is and then it also caused me to reflect on the fact that we here with all the freedoms we have still complain and bicker about things and uh, that, that caused a, a frustration for me yeah. too so there you have it some likes some dislikes <laughs> but a good topic i like the topic maybe i should have said that as my like um Last time, Roger, we talked about the question from one of our listeners or from our one listener. Should I phrase it that way? No, no. Sorry. That's not true. <laughs> we better not lose that one listener. <laughs> I hope we answered according to his liking. Um, but but we, we were looking at a question on the topic of vocation and the issue is, is some work more glorifying to God than other work. And you know that, that was a really important topic. So if, if there's someone listening to this episode that didn't didn't listen to the last one. I, I do encourage them to go back and, and listen to um, that last one before listening to this one, really. But in the course of thinking about this, um, I came across an article from Ligonier Ministries, mm-hmm. and the author was a pastor. I don't know him. Uh, William, I, I'm not sure if I want to pronounce this correctly, but Beckestein, it seems like uh, it would be the right way to pronounce it. But he, he wrote an article, I think it was a number of years ago, on thinking about vocation. And I thought that he had some really good questions to ask and to think about. So mm-hmm. I thought, let's let's kind of walk through this together, Roger, and, and maybe reflect on some of mm-hmm. his questions. Because he says there are three levels of questions that we can ask with regard to finding our vocation. So one of the things that we get asked about, it's kind of like the question that we were asked, mm-hmm. is, well, how do I decide what I should be doing? What, what's my calling how do I find what yeah. God wants me to be doing um, so that I can glorify him? And <clears throat> so uh, this author said there, there are three levels of questions. And the first one, he says, level one, so the most important level is, am I living for God's glory? 
And this is kind of what we talked about last mm-hmm. time. You brought up 1 Corinthians 10, mm-hmm. and we, we thought about that. And what does it look like? We can glorify him in, in all sorts of circumstances, including whether we eat or drink. Um, so I think we, we talked through that. I don't know. Do you want to add anything more to that yeah, one? I'm yeah, I'm just thinking sometimes it sounds very generic. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I living for God's glory? Well, we, we'd all want to say, yes, yeah, sure, I'm living for God's glory, but what does it look like? How, like, how does it played out in the questions we're asking and answering in our mind? And I think it has to do with some of the decisions we're making and how we're making those mm-hmm. decisions. What are the what are the end goals of that? So what, so even stepping back and saying, what is the purpose of my life? Yeah. What, what are, why am I making the decisions I'm making? Am I making this decision primarily for something that is not, you know, is, is just self-seeking? Right. Or am I considering, how am I considering God in the, in the question and, and, and the answer that just thinking through, like, how do we help, help ourselves and help others think about this? Not just saying, are you glorifying God, but what does it mean to glorify God? What does it mean? Yeah. What does it mean to consider God in the choices you want to make and thinking through that? Well, you know, one of the things I've thought about a lot is being a Christian isn't doing what a non-Christian does and then slapping a Christian sticker on it, right? (laughs) You know, it's not, oh, because I did it, it must be okay because I'm a Christian doing it. You know, so we've got to think about what does that look like to glorify God in the passage that we've referred to quite a few times now is first Corinthians 10 uh-huh. verse 31 is the verse that we look at where it says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. But what's interesting is right before that, as he's thinking about these, this idea of eating and drinking and all those good things, he says, if I partake with thankfulness, mm-hmm. why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks. Yeah. <clears throat> and elsewhere, Paul refers to giving thanks for the things that God has given to us as well. So one of the ways that we can glorify God is to give him thanks and to have a heart of gratitude yeah. for the circumstance, the job, whatever it is. And, and what's interesting is if you are giving thanks to God for that thing, it's going to cause you to think about that thing. Yeah. And if it's not something that really is honoring to him, I think you, you're going to be convicted by that reality. Yeah. Uh, if you start saying, thing, you know, thank you, God, that, uh, you know, I don't know, that I have all this uh, pleasure seeking and I'm, you know, selfish in it or whatever, or uh, you're never going to say that, but you'll realize, man, this is all about, all about me in this, right? It's me, me, me. And I think that'll bring some conviction to remind you that, well, kind of the question you were asking, am I blessing others? Is someone else being edified or is it just about me? Yeah. And I think sometimes we have this thought process maybe of we're not supposed to have enjoyment if we're really glorifying God. God is so anti-enjoyment, anti-pleasure, anti-fun. It's just, we just need to, you know, be sacrificial and and give up the things of this world as if we cannot enjoy the amazing blessings that God has given us. I mean, he's the one who created us with the taste to enjoy a great meal. He created us with 
uh, a pleasure so that you can enjoy different types of pleasure, whether that is uh, sexual or you hear uh, something, uh, uh, you know, music that brings pleasure to ears or, you, you know, all these different ways that we think that's apart from God. God can't be glorified. That instead of saying, no, you're not glorifying God when you don't acknowledge him in Amen. those amazing things that he's given. So interesting. Calvin has an interesting <laughs> comment is similar to what you're just describing. He says, if we study, for instance, why he has created the various kinds of food, we shall find that it was his intention not only to provide for our needs, but likewise for our pleasure and for our delight. If this were not true, the psalmist would not enumerate among the divine blessings, quote, the wine that makes glad the heart of man and the oil that makes his face to shine, Psalm 104, 15. I thought that was a fascinating yeah. quote, just in line with what you're saying that, yeah, God has created us to enjoy things, including yeah. things like food and, and drink. And yeah. So we can glorify God by being grateful. Mm -hmm. So having hearts of gratitude by using our, you know, senses, even for the things they were intended for, mm -hmm. um, giving thanks for what we hear, see, taste, touch. Okay. Um, what else, what other things do we need to consider for this idea of glorifying God? I, I, I think, you know, as I think of on a simplistic level, it's bringing God back into it mm -hmm. and always, you know, trying to think about how it connects back to our relationship to him and how he wants us to use what he's given in the way he intended it. So sometimes right. we misuse the gifts, not sometimes, probably Many most times, of time. <laughs> we, yeah, most of the time we misuse the gifts God's right. given us. We over-consume. We, we want too much. Yeah. We want the wrong things. We don't want the right things enough. We have all of these, these things going on in our heart mm -hmm. where we have to step back and say, okay, where is God in the picture? But at the same time, we don't want to go to the extreme and deny self and think just denial is now glorifying God. That, that's not the point either. Right. It's considering and thinking about how God is involved in the equation yeah. and, and it could mean different decisions for different people. Sure. The problem we have is we compare ourselves to everybody else and think, well, that person's doing that. That must be glorifying God or that person's yeah. making that decision so that I should do that instead of saying, God, what would you have for me? Mm -hmm. As I think through your word, as I think through my desires that you have given me, Psalm 37, the Lord gives us the desires of our heart, mm -hmm. and then we we respond to him. Yep. You know, th those are what I think about when I'm... No, that's that's helpful. It actually leads really well to the next mm -hmm. level uh, of this article, the next level question. So level one was, am I giving, am I living for God's glory? The, the level two question he asked is, what is the greatest thing I can do for God? And he says, look, all legitimate work should be viewed as a calling. At the same time, he says, Scripture encourages us to prioritize between many good options. We must, quote, earnestly desire the greater gifts, he gives that example. Yeah. So he says, um, Cal he actually quotes Cal Calvin here saying that Christians must apply themselves the more diligently to those things which are most conducive to edification. What do you think he, he means by that? And, and how can we answer that question for our own lives? What's the greatest thing I can do for God? I'm not sure, you know, 
exactly what he's getting at or, or what he's considering, I think one thing we want to think about is the station in life of where God has put us mm-hmm. as a way to edify him the most. So has he given us an opportunity where we're at with the abilities and talents we have and skill set to use that to edify the most mm-hmm. people? So we have choices. God gives us choices. He gives us desires. We can choose different path to take yeah but we also have to consider how did god design me yeah to use what he's given me and in his providence where has he put me yep because i can't look out and say that thing over there is where i need to get so i can really glorify and edify others and you know you may be in school and you're just starting you know college thinking about your future and you're not there yet but for those who of us who are you know further along Mm -hmm. What can you do in the station of life God has given you? I think that's, is it First Corinthians 7 of, uh, of, of, I think even Luther was referencing that of remaining in the station that you're in. And, right. And, 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 yeah. And, and, and part of this conversation too, I know we'll get to something that's similar to this, but part of that exact conversation is, um, let's say I'm thinking, okay, I need to go and do such and such because it's going to impact more people. Right. But by doing so, somehow I'm faltering with my clear responsibility with my family. Yeah. Right. Pastors that are out there, for instance, that are neglecting their families and loving their people well. And the people in the church are like, man, this is the greatest pastor of all time. He's (laughs) he's with us all day long. And the wife is going, I don't I don't see him. The kids are going. He's never shepherded me. Right. It's a terrifying thought. Um, for pastors, and I know some of us that sit around and talk through some of these things, encourage each other to not fall into that, mm-hmm. but it's easy to, because we have eyes that are seeing those things and then neglecting what we know God has given us as responsibilities. Because sometimes we make it about our fulfillment and what we want instead of the responsibilities God has given us. Mm-hmm. And you get, you feel like you gain more from that spotlight oh, yeah. than you gain from the 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 simple call, not simple calling but the calling right in front of your eyes yeah. that is important yeah well the level three questions um, that this author goes into he says that basically there are a lot of different questions then that we can ask so the big questions is this glorifying to God yeah. are we living for God's glory and is this um, you know is this the greatest thing that I can do for God <clears throat> so those are big questions then he says okay now you want to get into some particulars Let's start asking questions like, and, and we alluded to these already. Number one, where do my strengths lie? Right? If if I wanted to be, you know, I don't know, a mechanic because I thought I could bless more people through that, that would be a bad decision for me. I am Probably. not. <laughs> that's messed up, man. Or computers. Don't yes. do anything tech. Tech. <laughs> tech would not be the route for me to go. Just not my strength. Okay. Not my strength. Um, so so I've got to consider that. Yeah. Right? Do you remember, I, do you remember, but did you ever hear thoughts in seminary of, of, of those who are trying to think of their calling and people would say, there's, if there's nothing else you can do in life, you need to do this. But if there's anything else, mm-hmm. go do that. Yeah. Yeah. That comment as if, as if we're so just 
designed for only yeah. to be able to do one one particular thing. We may have strength, and that's great. Use yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I, I think that question, by the way, is so interesting because I think what the question, at least initially when I heard it, what I think the intent was, if you would be satisfied doing anything else, if you wouldn't feel the the pull and burden when living in a different vocation to be in full-time pastoral ministry, let's say, then you ought to go ahead and do that because then you, then, then you can do those other things. And that might be your vocation, that other thing. But I think people have turned it and twisted it differently and made it sound like it's simply about gifting. Um, And and I don't think that's what it's about. So it's a good, good thought you're bringing out. But I think strengths is a question. Where are my strengths? Where do my strengths? I, I want to, uh, this, this author says, uh, I, as best I can, I should find a calling that exploits my strengths and tolerates my weaknesses. I, I like that. I like that. So yeah, that's good. I, I don't have to use my computer very much in this calling, so it works out for me. <laughs> Another question, he says, uh, where are the great needs? Yeah. I think that's an important question. It is. I, I think it is. I, there, there are needs around us. Mm-hmm. There, there are positions that um, are are really important that the the society around us, the community around us needs. Are we willing to fill those? Mm-hmm. That might take sacrifice. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are you thinking on that? Because you seem to you lit up with it. Yeah, because it's looking at uh, around us of where can we fulfill or yeah. what can we fulfill that does bring about great opportunity yeah and does a lot of good for for neighbor it doesn't mean we just look around and say okay what is the greatest need and let's go do that thing even though i hate it and right. have no skill set to do it <laughs> right but there is a sense that that our world changes a lot the jobs that existed and the callings and vocations that existed 30 40 years ago are very different than they are today where there are needs in our culture has changed yeah and God has gifted us in different ways, and you know you can learn skills, and and it's changed. And so you want to look out and say, okay, where can I make an impact in in today's world? And, and this is helpful for some of our brothers and sisters that have this very um, human burden on their hearts for the the broken, the needy, the sick, the diseased. Some that say, you know, I, I want to go into the medical field to help people. And then they're like, oh, maybe I need to say I want to do medical missions so it'd be more spiritual, right? <laughs> no, no, look, there are great needs, physical, we're, we're physical yeah. and spiritual beings. These needs are important too. Someone feels the, the need to work in a, maybe a nonprofit mm-hmm. that's, I don't know, taking the gospel and food to, to children around the world. I don't, do you know of anyone like that? Maybe, no, I don't know. Heard of somebody. Someone yeah. like that. So, you know, these are, this is an important question. I think that's a good question to ask. Where are the problems worse? Where are the great needs? Um, third question, uh, third kind of question he asks. He says, how will this vocation affect my Christian walk? That was an interesting question. He asks uh, some follow-ups to it. He says, is there a nearby church in which I could give and take nourishment? Are the temptations manageable? With whom would I work? That's interesting. He's saying take your Christian walk with the Lord seriously enough to say, you know what? Maybe working in this particular field for me might be too much of a temptation. Maybe that um, that occupation as a 
what do they call it? A, a hedge fund, whatever, is going to just bring too much temptation to me because I struggle with material things or I struggle with with financial things. Take that into consideration. What, what do you think of that? I'm wondering where the question is, is how much does it pay? <laughs> no, it's just a, a, <laughs> on another page. On page right? <laughs> no, this is how I think about it. And I've talked to friends about this and even thought about it for my own life. So we're given tons of freedom mm-hmm. to make choices and to choose the path we want to go. Yep. And, and in where we live, we have lots of opportunity. You could, you could work in different places. You can work in different types of jobs. Mm-hmm. But when I think about it, I think of a job as, uh, you know, we're working 40 hours a week, mm-hmm. you know, typically. But if a job is requiring more time mm. than you want to give to it, and you're sacrificing other things that are important in your life, such as your family, such as opportunities uh, to take your, you know, to serve in the church right. or to serve in the community in the right. way you want, then that should be taken into consideration because most of the time I think we think singular, how much money? Go for the biggest. Go for the biggest. Number two, go for what I think is going to satisfy my heart. Yeah. But unfortunately, our hearts will never be satisfied with the things of this world. And even the things we think satisfy eventually leave us feeling like, uh, I wish there was just a little bit more. Yep. And that's in any calling because our hearts can't be. So I think considering that, but then thinking about how long am I going to commute all these different things you know where is the job located what is the future is there advanced all of these considerations are important that's right because they affect our lives outside and how we're going to have our lifestyle now i don't think it's a one size fits all for everybody and i think exactly good good point different like one guy may have a very taxing job and he works a lot of hours but things are good and solid in all the areas because God has given him a capacity mm-hmm. and given a different person a different capacity. That's so right. taking into consideration your own capacity, your own temptations. I know one of my temptations is I'm a workaholic. Mm. I love work in a, in a sense. Yeah. I love to work and, sure. and I actually enjoy my job. So it helps when you enjoy your job. Sure. Um, so I have to consider that. And there are different things I could do. Yeah. Talk to my wife about it, think different things, but I thought through it and this is where I'm at right now. Yeah. And, 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 you know, as I talk to other people and they think, you know, what do you think? Should I take this job? Just probe with questions. Mm-hmm. How is it going to affect? Are you going to move across the country and take this amazing job? But then eh, who cares about if I go to church anymore? You know, or, that's, or who cares about the church I'm in right now? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember one of the families in the church had talked to me about moving <clears throat> and I was, I was so grateful that they talked through it with me. And, um, and I'm really grateful they decided, they decided not to move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but one of the things that we talked through together is why, why wouldn't you consider the needs of the church that God has put you in, in the decision of whether I ought to leave or not? Right. Cause most people are, ah, oh, there, there are churches out there, right? Exactly. There's, yeah. It's okay. But God puts you here and your gifts are for this local body. So how do, how do you make that decision? I'm not saying it's the end all decision maker, right? It's not the only uh, yeah. issue to consider, but shouldn't it be part of the decision making? 
and I was so grateful. I mean, they were receptive and listened and, and, um, I don't know if that was one of the reasons they really considered, but, uh, no, I'm sure it was. And, and, and they decided to stay, but others for other good reasons have left yeah. and I get it. And, and it's not wrong, but at least consider these things, yeah. um, in your decision-making. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause of time, let me push on here. Uh, another question he asks fourth level or fourth question. He says, how useful is the work I'm considering? How necessary and healthy are the goods or services I would help provide? Will I be fairly compensated for my labors? I thought that was an interesting part of the yes. questions. Yeah, you know? that's a good question. Now, now, when he said how necessary and healthy are the healthy are the goods or services, I remember I got a phone call uh, by a dear brother uh, from another church who called me and he said, "Hey, look, I've I've been called upon to be a part of this new app that's being designed mm-hmm. and created." Um, but then he started saying, I'm, I'm uncomfortable because of what the app's going to accomplish. Should I be uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we talked through it and I don't want to get into details about what the app was all about, but I remember I, I you know, I just kind of threw it back at him. What do you think? And, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty uncomfortable with this. I think you're right to be, <laughs> yeah. this just doesn't seem all that. Yeah. good and healthy and what it's going to be used for is probably going to be something that's not honoring to the Lord. And he chose not to take a lucrative deal. Yeah. I mean, it was lucrative and he was entering at the, you know, early phases. I was so grateful to the Lord that he would choose to not do it for, I think the right reasons. Yeah. It's in that, that question I wonder about too, because you, you can have a, a, a worthy, you know, uh, calling Mm -hmm. that may not you know how did he phrase it again he talked about he says um how necessary and healthy are the goods or services yeah i would help provide yeah because there may be where you don't necessarily see it Mm -hmm. and you're not able to understand so you're a person who just does paperwork all day long you know i was talking to your brother earlier about that of what what if it's just a simple task that you're called to do And my response was, there could be dignity in the simple, because think about what you do affects those who are around you. Mm -hmm. And without your part, like the body has many parts and each contribute, other tasks aren't getting done by others. And so if you stop thinking of self and I, Mm -hmm. and you think of team and how you're doing it for your neighbor, as Luther says, good works are for a neighbor, right. then you can bring back importance and dignity into tasks that the world may look at and others may look at and say, well, that's not very glamorous. And you can say, it's not glamorous in your eyes, but in the eyes of the one who's watching how I'm doing my work for the benefit of others, for the sake of his name, this is a necessary task that he's put me in. Yeah. Um, and it's a worthy uh, act, you know. Yeah. T- take, take for instance, take, uh, uh, I was thinking of, you know, you were saying uh, doing, doing like an office job and they're doing whatever, maybe data entry or something like that. What kinds of jobs came to my mind? Well, I was thinking about like a, a small insurance company even, or just someone in the insurance w- world that's the data entry person, making the phone call, getting your information. Uh, they may go, oh, is, this what, is this a big deal? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. But how important is insurance for a lot of people, whether it's health insurance or car insurance or life insurance? Or, it's huge. 
And, and we see the benefit living in the United States of having all these resources and how it helps in those tragic moments and those difficult times. Maybe it's not a tragic moment. It was just a, a, a crunch time and I need the, the rental for my car and because I have insurance, I can get it. And that person's job has a lot of value, a lot of dignity. They're a part of a chain, yes, yeah. but a really important one. Mm-hmm. And that could be in so many fields. The guy that I, I remember one of my pastor friends, he was out of, he made a powerful decision to leave a job, a pastoral position because of something going on in the church. He took a job at Target mm. as a stock boy. Okay. Guy with a master's degree, one of the brilliant guy in my mind, one of the smartest and mm. you know, one of the most solid pastors that I know. But for he just needed a job to take care of his family for that period of time as he was looking for other pastoral positions. He was stocking items. Okay, but if he didn't stock the item, we couldn't find the item mm-hmm. that we may have needed and families would have needed and stuff. So every bit of so much uh, work, uh, most work has great dignity, like you were saying, if we think about it, um, not in just the selfish, what am I accomplishing right now for me, but the, the bigger picture. Yeah, and I think these questions are helpful to try to get our eyes off of primarily looking at money and satisfaction, yeah. but considering there's more to it because we're God's creation created in him for good works to give him glory and yeah. all that we do. How can we think through that and encourage one another to do that with the callings and the time that we spend. We all have the same number of hours every week, 168 hours, you know, 40 of those are spent at work, you know, another 10 are spent commuting and you start to look at the amount of hours and you think, how can I best use the time that he's given me uh, in, in different spheres with the freedom to not feel condemned by others or feel like, okay, it has to be this one thing to really mean something for God. Yeah. Amen. There's, uh, we were discovering there's even more to talk about on this topic than we imagined. One of the things that, that uh, we, we didn't go much into is something like, well, what would be ways of deciding uh, on a career or on a vocation that are not honoring to the Lord? Like what are some specific things? Um, And we can get into that another time, I think, but man, lots to think about. Um, So important. Uh, Any last final thoughts from you, Roger, on this as we wrap up? I I think also considering that uh, before the Lord, as we know that he directs and he guides, we don't want to forget that he is the one who is working all things out. Mm-hmm. He's the one who created us, created us with a skill set, with abilities, with talents, yeah. and that we have to come before Him in prayer whenever we think about this. As we think about Scripture, talks about how we can even plan, but He directs and He straightens our paths. Yeah. That we always have to go back before the Lord with this and ask Him and watch Him direct our lives in a way that will be much greater than we could even imagine yeah. when we're humbly seeking that, that direction from him. Amen. And, and I'll just add this last thought. We image God in everything that we're doing. Yeah. And, and we need to consider how are we representing him? How are we imaging him uh, in each of these little tasks? Because everything that we do can be done to the glory of God, as we've seen in the scriptures. Well, yeah. 
We uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, conversation on an important topic, and uh, we look forward to uh, more conversations like this. Again, if you have any questions or thoughts or maybe a different angle that you want us to think about, uh, please feel free to, to send us an email. I think it's uh, feedback at rodnstaff.org. Okay, whew, I got that right. <laughs> so feel free to send us, and uh, we look forward to the next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.